everybody, and welcome to The Game is Afoot. We are back with Dennis, who played Stars Without Number. I almost said the number in our stars. <laughs> the Fault like in the Our fault Stars. In our... Yes. <laughs> by, <laughs> by John Green. <laughs> it would be a very different book. Yeah. Um, stars Without Number. I am Ryan. I use she, her pronouns. Dennis, why don't you reintroduce yourself with your pronouns? Yeah, my name is Dennis Foray, and I use he, they pronouns. Dennis, you come from another network on the Be Gay, Roll Dice, uh, another network, another mm-hmm. podcast on the Be Gay, Roll Dice network. You want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, sure. You want me to talk about the network first? Uh, Sure. <laughs> Whatever order we want to do things in. Yeah, we're both we're both partners on the same network of Be Gay Roll Dice, which is this nice coven for queer people to come together with their their TTRPG podcast and work together and getting the word out. You know, adding other voices to the table. Um, it's a big thing we're about. I'm from Control Group Podcast, um, where a big mission statement of ours is making sure that everyone has a voice at the gaming table because there are a lot of you know awesome, amazing big name D and TTRPG podcast and actual play shows out there. Um, however, I feel a lot of them have a very homogenized look to them. Uh, we at control group podcasts specialize in testing the systems, uh, that other big name podcasts don't and featuring players from the big swath of color and queer. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually gotten the opportunity to listen to your pod yet um i'm trying to work through my way through everyone on our network yeah. it's daunting it's daunting it's slow going yeah. is there any particular game or arc that you've enjoyed on your show that you'd like to hype right now for new listeners yeah so i'd say if you're gonna start out anywhere i always push people towards attack of the feels which is our lasers and feelings hack where yes. our podcast member Hadley turned Lasers and Feelings into a Hitchhiker's Guide game. Um, that's the height of our comedy. We're all, uh, the main testers are all also trained uh, comedians in Chicago. So I think that's the height of our hilarity there. Um, as far as other fun things, right now, as of this episode being recorded, right now we're launching our Warmer in the Winter playtest which is a system that is around building a Hallmark Christmas rom-com movie as a system. Um, so we've been... That's so good. <laughs> it's, that one is an absolute blast, and that one is also funny. And I definitely, by the time this gets out, we'll be returning. We're going back to the very first story we started out with. Our very first campaign was a Monster of the Week campaign that we called It Came From Lake Mary which is centered around the hometown in which we all met as friends, the the four people that started the podcast, um, Flagstaff, Arizona. And we're going back to that world of teenagers hunting monsters in Flagstaff, Arizona. But as we are a podcast that's dedicated to testing different systems, we switch from Monster of the Week, Tome of Mysteries, to Monster Hearts. Um, so a little bit more romantic take on it, but still that fun, dark, um, eerie hometown feel that we're going for. Oh, that's really... Yeah. What gave you all the idea of starting your podcast? Yeah, I... We always wanted to do something creatively as friends in the sphere, and we were all really already into TTRPGs. And what had happened is 
I was the first of our group to move to Chicago. Everyone else was still either graduating or staying in Flagstaff for another year. And we still all wanted to hang out even though we were separate. So one day, my podcast mate, Marcus, they came up to me and he went, why isn't there a system for Power Rangers, actually? And I hadn't thought about it, but I have an encyclic knowledge of the Power Rangers and Super Sentai universe that I didn't know <laughs> at that point. I was like, yeah, that would be kind of fun. We could we'd do this fun thing where it's kind of a legacy thing and we can kind of run through everything. You know, actually, and you know, if we take like a weird bad end out of Time Force where, you know, Wes and Jen stay together in the the present and don't and Jess doesn't go back to the and then I, I ran off and created this fun little campaign uh, that spanned like half a year with them. Uh, using this modified, you know, D6 system I had created for myself. And then eventually over time, we decided like, hey, we've been doing this for fun just to hang out with each other. Now that we're all in Chicago, like, let's do it again for real as a podcast. I love that this started with Power Rangers. It started with Power Rangers. <laughs> oh my god. My husband, wife, Mads, um, didn't really watch a lot of TV growing up. So... There will be times when I'm just like, this thing was so cool. And they'll just look at me and say, I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah that's the worst. <laughs> and so when the Power Rangers movie came out, and I was so hyped, they just kind of looked at me sideways like, mm, okay, I'll watch this for you. Yeah. And then we both really loved it. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. So the start is Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. There's the four of you. Yeah. I already lost my next question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it um, started as the the four of us, and like as we grew and decided, our mission statement was like making sure there were the most voices on our podcast. Eventually, like quickly, uh, as the the world came to a, a standstill in a certain year, uh, we had to move online. And, that year that will not be named yeah, exactly. And as we did that, we started a uh, what was supposed to be just a fun little thing. I called it One Shot of Palooza, where we just tested a bunch of systems that I quickly wanted to get to. And we had a month straight of episodes that just featured other guests, other friends we had found, other players we had found amongst the internet. And then we moved away from like the idea of just the core four to incorporate all of these other players to um, come and test with us. So we made sure we had a large swath of people. Um, and voices on the podcast um, as at the time when we started the podcast it was just four by guys um, two of them were of color so we were like that's enough to show representation but you know now as of like our current series as we're getting into return of lake mary it's us we have a, a wonderful um, ace woman we have on the podcast sarah she's wonderful um, she's kind of joined us as like the the core group and then we just switch out players so we kind of have like a main system that's being tested then we have like a side system um, filled with other people our our last series that just finished the guild that uses fellowship was me leading it as the overlord and four completely new testers that I was running my very first like long play with I love long form games which could very well be part of why i goofed up on your game episode and accidentally made a long form game yeah. they just let you go so much more in depth mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with things when you're trading players in and out are they going in and out of that long form story or are they hopping around to their own stories 
Yeah, so it's, we, we continue, we, our general thought is we're testing the system for people, so we don't keep them in for a long time. When I say long play, I meant we typically have a 10-episode campaign, um, so roughly an hour, hour and a half for each episode, so roughly we tell a story in the 12 hours if we do a full campaign, quote-unquote, for us. And it's just to give a people a test of, like, what ideas you can throw to it, the, the limits you can stretch it to, and what fun things you can do with the system. So, yeah, we do... We're not the traditional, you know... My, my very big problem with a very, very famous uh, D&D podcast is that there's just so much you need to catch up on. There's... You do the math, and it's two straight months of content for you to catch up yeah. to be live. Uh, so if you weren't there from the beginning... And they're always adding more. Always more. Every every week, there is another four hours for you to catch up on. So it is daunting. So we wanted to create something bite-sized um, that you can just hop into, and if you like it, you like it. It's there for you. And if you don't, it'll be done in four weeks, you know? I like bite size. That's a good way to put yeah. it. A little aperitif. Tapas. <laughs> yes. I think that was part of why when I had to change formats for mm -hmm. the game as a foot, I was like, oh, we can do all these one shot games mm -hmm. and it'll be great to try out all of these different systems and it'll be so cool. I'm still working on getting good at that. <laughs> it is a lot. As we, I have also, we've gone back to One Shot of Palooza 2, One Shot of Toulouse, so I'm also leading out another <laughs> set up. I know, it's my favorite. I say it every, One Shot of Palooza 2, One Shot of Toulouse is my favorite joke. Thank you. You're the first person who has ever laughed at it. I think it's the no, funniest thing it. in the world. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the worst aphorism but i love it um but so yeah good. just switching system from system luckily we've been doing i found a lot of smaller systems for one shot of palooza 2 and that that really helps um so a dm pro tip try to find one pagers because you'll you'll as we did today we i mean stars without numbers is a big book for that for that thing and as i was reading that i was like oh god this is a lot um you know we we played hero dog saves town the other time on control group <laughs> which is just like hero it's dog essentially saves a, town. it's just essentially an improv game with like <laughs> two rules that you roll dice for <laughs> and that's like great for an hour worth of content you know did i send you i kissed mothman behind the arby's no, I think I've seen all of the the monster esque one shots. Um, I have them on a list somewhere. I'll send you that okay. one. I've played yes. it twice now for the show, yeah. and it's so cute. <laughs> that and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, my gift for Bigfoot is left in the back of his, or my birthday present for you is left in the back of Bigfoot's car. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I my first coming across that one was on a bonus episode for the Adventure Zone, yep. <laughs> in which Griffin McElroy plays himself as a twelve twelve year old boy. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Have you found a system that's your favorite so far in trying all these things out? Yeah, I think I the reason I think we came back to the Lake Mary Mythos was because I really loved Monster of the Week. 
It was like, it was my little baby when I created the idea for the podcast. And it was the first thing we decided to go with to be like, hey, this is what we'll send to the world. Or our, one of our first ideas was actually not until like later into our first year, we had released Compass Rose, which is an anime system that I create. We also create systems on the podcast, both Marcus and I are game designers as well. So I created a PBTA hack uh, for shonen anime specifically because I felt a lot of shonen anime systems are very like crunchy when it came to that. And I was like, wouldn't a nice 2D6 system with, you know, basic tropes into playbooks be fun? So Compass Rose was actually one of our first ideas. And we were like, we don't know if everyone's going to enjoy like a weeb short play TTRPG podcast. Add that to the list of my things to pick up. <laughs> and yeah so i i would say I, I keep on coming back to monster of the week as a system that i have i have truly enjoyed the first episode of the new format is monster of the week and i did it with zoe hovland who composed our theme music mm -hmm. and it's so good it's so good it's and I was, I substitute, mm -hmm. um, and I was talking with a kid in one of my substitute classes the other day, and I mentioned Final Fantasy XIV. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, you game? I'm like, yeah, mostly tabletop, though. Mm -hmm. And we just talked about how if you're going to get started, get started on a Monster of the Week, because yep. it's, so it's so much more accessible. Yeah, that's a, one of the, the things that has like really kept me going about the podcast is... Uh, the reach we've had with certain people. Um, I have a couple friends in the, the mental health industry. And, like, pretty early on, I received a text from one of them to be like, hey, had never heard of Monster of the Week before. I've started using it in my, like, kids' group therapy sessions. And they're absolutely oh. loving it. And, like, I just started crying. I was like, this That's is so, so beautiful. Like, this is, like, what I wanted to do with the podcast. It's just like, hey, here's the system. You should try it out. Like, I know you've never heard of, like, anything other than the prototypical Tolkien elves and dwarves and orcs. Like, our second series we put up was Passion de las Passiones, which is a telenovela system. And, like, we had never heard of that prior to that. And we tried that. And we loved that. That sounds like a blast. It's a blast. It's it's amazing. We we go. On oh my for, gosh! I guest on critical bits sometimes, um, and they they love it. They love that system so much. They call it the only system that exists. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, when I started this podcast, it was just because I love my friends so much, and I wanted to shove them out to the world and be like, "Here, look at them." Yep, yep. And. I, I love that your show and my show are now kind of two sides of the same yeah. coin as far as TTRPGs go. Yeah. Yours is, I love this system. Yeah. Look at it. Yeah. Which is really just the flip side of, I love these people. Look at them. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to have to do more stuff together. This is yeah. great. We can definitely do that. Uh, do you mind kind of talking for a bit about what it was like to figure out your queer identity and what that identity is yeah so oh, man uh came from not much a a stringent or kind of conservative family i don't my family was very at least my mother and father were very apolitical growing up um but my my father as a 
black man of his time, I felt. Growing up, I definitely, looking back, I could be like, yeah, definitely I was not straight growing up. Um, I did a lot of very queer things growing up, and I felt like my father tried his best to curtail a few of those. Um, didn't do a good enough job. Um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I identify as bi. For a long time, I was just going by queer, because um, that felt good, and it still does feel good. Um, so I, yeah, I traipse around between queer, bi, and pan. Um, I love, I love people. They're all sexy. I don't, <laughs> it's just so silly to me sometimes when I think about it. So, yeah. I, I mean, just... you'll find no argument here. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I eventually, it wasn't, it was like a, a, a close kept friend secret probably throughout of all of college. I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a deal about coming out or anything because it wasn't, it was, I hate the idea of coming out that you have to like, here's this big show of what I am and why can't it just be, this is what I am. This is normal. You know, no one comes out. And it's straight. a show that never stops. Yeah. You have to come out all the time. Yeah, exactly. So I, w I would say like, it wasn't until very recently uh, within probably the last year that I came out fully to everyone I know. It just it's on every social media now. I had put like something on social media about Bi Visibility Day, and I, I it was to the point where I did not realize I had not come out to my family yet. I got like a <laughs> phone call at work. I was like, Mom, "Why are you calling me?" And she's like, "Your Instagram post." I was like, "Okay, like you didn't know like <laughs> growing up." <laughs> <laughs> and she was wonderful. She was super supportive about it. But, um, yeah. I've always, yeah. And the same thing that I use he, they pronouns because I don't, I, what I, that one's been more of a, a struggle and a question. I do not have a very masculine form as a being. Um, I'm very, I'm a heavier set black man. I carry all of my weight basically in my chest um so i get <laughs> even prior to switching up my pronouns i got mis misgendered all the time and it's something that upset upset me a lot um because there are tidbits that i enjoy about my masculine masculinity and want to be perceived as such so that's why i keep he they i like the way I like to describe it to people is I'm he to strangers, I'm they to everyone who knows me. I like that. Because, like, once you can see me as, like, a masculine form first and foremost, I can finally be like, yeah, I actually hate all of that. Don't enjoy being a boy or man at all. Um, don't <laughs> don't abide by any of that nonsense. But once you see me that way, then you can break it down into, now you know Dennis for real. I like... That you came out and I came out accidentally in very different ways. <laughs> like, your yeah. accidentally was via Instagram, yeah. and my accidentally was after Christmas dinner, <laughs> doing dishes with my mom and my aunt, and she kept being like, hey, Ryan, when are you going to have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? When's that boyfriend Classic. coming along? And eventually I was just like, I don't know, boyfriend, girlfriend, does it really matter? <laughs> And then utter silence. That's a smooth way to do it, yeah. Oh, it was a total accident. Yeah. My mom doesn't believe me to this day that it was a complete <laughs> total accident. 
And then a couple months later, my dad and I are sitting by the fireplace outside, and he starts talking about it. And I was like, wait, when did you find this out? I hadn't told you yet. <laughs> oh. Oh, coming out's weird. It's weird. It's just so weird and dumb. <laughs> yeah. So you, you said you figured yourself out more in college, was that right? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I thought... Prior to that, I was just a weird straight guy. <laughs> we have so much in common, I can't even, like, figure this out right now. Like, we are distant soulmates yeah. in a weird we way. Also, I'm, I am by trade a teacher as well. I'm not currently teaching, but I teach high school English. <laughs> I just got my <laughs> master's a couple months ago. Yep. And I should have my full teaching license, yep. but OSPI won't acknowledge that I took the West B, and I'm very mad at them about it. And Chicago will not realize that I took my credentials in Arizona, and so I do not need to take the EdPTA here, because I have went through a full education program, thus I know how to teach. <laughs> the EdTPA was so bad. Yeah. Ugh. So I'm, I'm fighting my way around not doing that. I've already got my accreditation elsewhere. Like, please. Please don't make me do it again. Please. It's so nebulous. Mm -hmm. This is not a teaching podcast, but we're completely... <laughs> yep, it's teaching time now. <laughs> it's teaching time now. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I also figured out my sexuality in college. Mm -hmm. um, growing up... I come from a very small town. Like, mm -hmm. it's literally so small that it's named after a rock. That's not a joke. <laughs> so, growing up, I didn't have any positive um, examples of queerness. Yeah. And then I get to college, and then I meet Mads. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of the door that opened mm -hmm. everything for me. And then we still didn't date until the summer of my junior year. So, go yeah. figure. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. That's a funny story that I'll tell sometime off the podcast. <laughs> I I wonder how how much of a theme that kind of is in our community. Yeah. Like just the whole not figuring out until college thing. Yeah, because it is it is quote unquote not the norm. So like as much as it is like coming out is finding that realization. But like, like I said, looking back, I could see all the very queer things I was doing growing up and be like, oh, yes, that was me just being myself and not fully understanding it because the only lens I have to see through it is through this heteronormative lens. Yeah, I I'm trying to think back to whether or not I did queer things as a child and literally the only thing I can think of is getting in an argument with my mom about the fact that boys don't have to wear shirts underneath overalls yeah which is such a country girl thing getting in an argument with thing. your mom because I am an avid overall wearer and I was like I always wear a shirt under my overall uh, I've always grown up in small areas mm -hmm. and my brother didn't have to wear a shirt under his overalls, yeah. but I had to, and I did not like that. Yeah. Uh, when you figured out your queerness, was it a relief to you, or was it like a, oh, that makes sense? Yeah, it was very much, oh, that, yeah, I get that. That makes, yeah. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. Yeah, because it's it is it is just who I am. So like fully putting it to words and realizing it. And the same thing about my gender as well. You know, everyone went into quarantine one gender and they come out another. You know, it gives you the time <laughs> when you're not under the stress of capitalism and society to figure out who you are. Uh. I definitely went into quarantine growing out my hair and then came into the middle of quarantine shaving my hair. Yeah. And now we're getting, hopefully, closer to the end of the pandemic. And I'm growing out a mullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hello, everybody. Once again, I am editing with a sleeping puppy in my lap. Oh, big stretch. Uh, so I didn't go upstairs to use my normal microphone. Sorry about that. But uh, we've got a couple of great little ads for you guys from the Be Gay Roll Dice Network. And then I'll let you get back to the show. Love you all. Bye. There are, in our world... Certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead, under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult because I don't blink, so. Oh my god. The monstrous. <laughs> and then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip, young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? The molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High. Bored of D&D? Want to try something else? Why not check out Control Group? We test systems so you don't have to. Using our patented mini campaigns along with one shots, we test how far you can stretch systems with our unique ideas and broad storytelling. Our mission statement is to give a voice to those not often heard in the TTRPG community. So whether it be a system you've never heard of, or our testers being people of color, people on the LBGTQIA spectrum, we want to make sure our stories are broad, vast, and told from different perspectives. So whether you want classic role-playing or just big goofs, come listen to us try out systems, some of which we've even made ourselves. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to controlgrouppod.com. That's CTRL, just like the key on your keyboard. There you can find the systems we test, along with easily accessible PDFs. So check us out if you're into Monster of the Week, Passion Dallas, Passionis, Saw of Fire and Ice, Blazers and Feelings, Gunsight, Void Worlds, Wizards and Wands, Stranded, Interstitial, The Last Shonen, and so much more!
that that's how it was for me too like oh that makes sense just like the other weekend when my sister told me oh yeah you were diagnosed with adhd when you were four <laughs> and then i no one had told me <laughs> no one me. told you yeah it just no one sense. told yeah. me yeah, it's, and it's, I'm the eldest sister, so my little sister knew about this diagnosis I got when I was four, and yeah. I found out about it a handful of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, same thing as a, as a person with ADHD as well. Just, <laughs> like, no, I get it. Um, you know, some days you're just you're just watching TikTok, and then someone makes a really relatable video, and you're like, yeah, I have a lot of those symptoms. I do overstim with a lot of <laughs> sounds and hopped and things. I do forget a lot of things. For me, it was the Kitchen and Jorn show, which is a YouTube channel <laughs> that involves a couple of ladies who used to be part of BuzzFeed on the Ladylike channel. Quick editor's note, this was originally recorded in May of 2021. Since then, both Kristen and Jen from that YouTube channel have come out as experimenting with non-binary pronouns. Thank you, and back to the show. And they both have ADHD, and I was like, huh. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. And then one of them started talking about how she can't keep plants alive. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh my god, it's me. <laughs> and then I was considering getting tested. Mm -hmm. And then my sister told me I was diagnosed when I was four, and I just know. nobody told me. Yep. <laughs> She was laughing at me and she starts texting my mom like, yeah, I'm going to check with moms. Like, oh, yeah, see, this totally happened. See, shows me her phone. <laughs> so I think what we've discovered throughout this interview is that you and I are basically the same person yeah. in two very disparate forms. Yeah. I am glad that we've made this connection yeah. today and that we can now live out our best <laughs> life as a homogenous being in yeah. two separate states. Yeah, exactly. I like to think of it as the the plot to the Will Smith flop Hancock, where we are oh all God, demigods. Yes. <laughs> yes. But should we get anywhere near each other, we will lose our powers. <laughs> I love you. I love that movie. It's so crazy. <laughs> I love quoting it. Uh, I also have a particular love for Catwoman. Oh, God. Yeah, that one's And a I will fight people who tell me. <laughs> That's a little too. I'm a big comic book nerd, so like, oh. love Halle Berry, but oof. See, I love that movie, and I love the themes of that movie, mm -hmm. and I will fully acknowledge that it would be a better movie if it was given the budget and the time it deserved. Yeah, but it's still a great movie in my heart. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I get it. Uh, Dennis, thank you so much for joining me yeah. today. This has been great. We're going to have to have you back Absolutely. regardless yeah. of what happens. <laughs> I always end the show with a, a, the same question. Mm -hmm. If you were to give advice to a queer person trying to get into the TTRPG community mm -hmm. and get into games, mm -hmm. what would it be? I would say just hop on to uh, a Reddit or, or crawler which is the TTRPG, like, Tinder matchup system, um, just put out that you want to play Monster of the Week, and then queer people will all come to you <laughs> like moths to a light. Um, <laughs> it's so true! It's the easiest bait. <laughs> when I told Zoe, hey, I want you on my podcast, here are four different choices for you, yeah. she flocked to the Monster of the Week yeah. with the lady motorcycle gang so like i see no lie yeah. in your advice yeah it's the easiest way 
Well, Dennis, this has been brilliant and amazing, and you're brilliant and amazing. And I'm going to have to hop onto Control Pod as soon as I catch up with Goblets and Gays. Yeah. That's fair. Zoe Hoagland for doing our theme music and thank you all for listening I know that the release schedule has not been super consistent lately but I am on new meds and I'm on therapy and we all have to take a little time to take care of our brains if you need help taking care of your brain I'm not a professional but I will listen so you can always hit me up on the Twitter account at TGIA podcast or shoot me an email at the game is a foot podcast at gmail.com. I do dearly love you all and I hope you're doing well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.